So we just really want to know, what would be that one piece of advice that you would give to the next runner-up to take over the Miss Kenosha helm? If there was one piece of advice that you can give them. If there was one piece of advice I could give, it would be to try your best to stay true to yourself the entire time. There's going to be a lot of outside input and advice, and a lot of that is so wonderful and will definitely help you help you grow. But staying true to you and being genuine at the end of the day, nobody can ever take that essence of you away from you and nobody can ever mimic that. So definitely try to stay true to you throughout the whole process. This is Jenna Zion, Miss Kenosha 2022, and you are listening to Line for Line Podcast. Look, the biggest podcast where you can learn them lessons. Line for Line where you can learn from different sections. Made it out the mud, come tell your story, blessings. Never know who listening, never know who's stressing. Devon gave you a voice, come speak your honest truth Line for line, go ball for ball, it's up to you Wanna talk sports, gov, and politics Wanna talk about where you from and your accomplishments The line for line is really where you need to be A platform that's really made for folks like you and me You can find it all no matter what you seek Whether you calling or you listening, tune in every week Gianna Fleming and you are listening to Line for Line podcast and I am here with our Miss Kenosha Jenna Zion and can you start by just telling us a little about yourself? Yes so I'm Jenna Zion Miss Kenosha 2022. I am 23 years old and I just graduated from Carthage College with a major in communications and a minor in women and gender studies actually this past Sunday so that has been very exciting. Thank you and my social impact as Miss Kenosha is called Soul Space and it's all about sharing your story and letting people know that your story and ideas matter. And it's about how the power of human connection can save and change lives. Nice. All right. So let's start off with just how did you, how did the run for Miss Kenosha get started? Like, how did you get into that? Yes. So it was New Year's Day of 2019. And I was sitting with my friend at a Starbucks and I was talking about my New Year's resolutions, which normally... I find are like kind of silly to do because I normally start them for like a month and then I stop. But my resolutions for that year were to just take more leaps of faith and try to make friends and just gain some more confidence. And I came across a Facebook post about the Miss Kenosha competition and I had no idea it was a part of the Miss America organization at the time. I thought it was just for Kenosha, so mm-hmm. I didn't know much about it at all. But I emailed the person whose name was on there, um, Joya Santarelli, and I got to talking with her about it and she was like, you should totally join. But it was really close to before the competition was going to be held. So it was about three weeks, three or four weeks until the competition. And she explained everything to me and I just hit the ground running. I was one of 14 contestants in 2019 and I got first runner up, which I was super excited about. A lot of people are like, Jenna, weren't you disappointed to like <laughs> not win and get first runner up? But to do that as my first try and gain the friends and the confidence that I did, that was why I did it. So I definitely walked away with a lot of wonderful knowledge and friendships and it prepared me to come back and try again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So then this year, so when was the competition this year? In January? It was in February. It was February 19th this year. Yeah. All right. So being Miss Kenosha, so in the pageant, you took first in the talent category and you sang Warrior by Demi Lovato. And what inspired you to sing that song? So I actually had been practicing a different song for like months beforehand. And I was on a Zoom call with my voice teacher, Jeanette Rose, and she was like, 
do you like this song? Like, do you want to be singing it? And I was like, I don't know. Something just feels off. Like, I like this song. I like singing it, but I want, I want something pertaining to my message more. Mm -hmm. And she was like, why don't you sing Warrior by Demi Lovato? Pull it up right now. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but just start singing it. And I was like, girl, that was my alarm waking up every day in the eighth grade. Like when I was really going (laughs) through it. And she was like, no way. You need to sing it right now. And I was like, I don't even know if I remember the lyrics to that song, but I pulled it up, I sang it, and she was like, that's your song. And we worked on it, like, every week up until the competition. Nice. So being Miss Kenosha, you do a lot of community outreach, right? Yes, (laughs) um, yes. So what has been one of your most memorable or just favorite, like, community visits so far? Oh, that's so hard. There has been so many. I would say that, first of all, my first school appearance that I made was at Vernon Elementary and I was super nervous because I was like I don't really have a curriculum planned I didn't know if I should like hit the ground running and do a soul space workshop with these kids they're in first grade so it was trying to find a way to bring soul space to any age group which was something I told the judges at Miss Kenosha I really wanted to do and I was reading to them for Read Across America Week and we read about using our voice and sharing our ideas and when we were talking, this little girl raised her hand and she said she liked my necklace. And I was like, oh, like it was from my mom. We start talking and she tells me that hers was from her mom and that she gave it to her when her dad passed away. And pretty soon the kids like just start raising their hands like, well, my dog died this last year or like my aunt passed away or my best friend moved away. And I was like, okay, let's all put our hands down. (laughs) Raise your hand if you've ever experienced a loss of any kind, like a friend, an animal, a loved one. And every single first grader raised their hands. And I was like, did you guys know that like your whole class had gone through something like that? And they were like, no. And they all started talking amongst themselves of like, oh, I didn't know like that your dog died. I'm so sorry. And it was like, this is why I created Soul Space. I had no idea at the time that it was going to reach kids that were six or seven years old in that way. But almost every school I've gone to, someone has been vulnerable enough to share about a loss they've had. And just the way that I can see it impact people from kindergarten all the way to 90 years old. Like I've met people of every age and it's like this this project doesn't have an age limit. So to be able to go into the community and see the impact it has on every kind of person from any walk of life has been the most important, impactful thing for me. Yeah. And I can definitely see on your face that you're very passionate about that. Oh my gosh. I'm so passionate about soul space. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. To kind of change the pathway a little here, how much would you say that self-esteem plays a role in winning or losing, whether that's in miss kenosha or just in life in general Mm, that is such a good question oh my gosh it it really it really is one of the hardest most challenging things i think especially i'm sure you can understand like as like a young woman especially it can be so difficult to have good self-esteem and for me it started with really like trying to fake it till i make it because i was so lost in insecurity and lacking confidence but i think whatever goal you're trying to achieve, if you go into it with the mindset of knowing who you are, what you value, and and who you really are at your core, or at least acknowledge that you're on the road to finding that, that any success or failure won't change that. So I knew that it could be my time to be Miss Kenosha because whether I walked away with that crown or not, my life mission and what I was doing wasn't going to change. Like Jenna wasn't going to change with or without a crown. And once I got to that place with my self-esteem, I think it really allowed me to, to just 
unlock my full potential. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people see you, obviously, as Miss Kenosha, as a role model, a leader, a mentor. So who would you say is one of your personal role models? Oh, my goodness. That's so hard. There's literally so many people that I can think of. But for me personally, and I know a lot of people say that it's their mom, but it's my mom for me. Like that woman has given up so much of her life to help me. And during my chronic illness journey, especially like I literally wouldn't be here without my mom. Like she advocated and fought for me when I didn't have the physical ability to do so myself. And so I really I really owe everything to her. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you say is one of like the best ways to advocate for yourself when you're feeling lost or insecure or something like that? Yeah. It's it's really tricky because I feel like a lot of people have been coming to me and being like, Jenna, like I love this idea of advocacy and like raising your voice, but I'm shy or I'm timid or like I don't I don't like standing out in a crowd and there are so many ways to advocate for yourself and you don't have to be the loudest person in the room. But just to at least have one person in your corner that you trust, even if you can't express it like word for word, having a code word or even with some of my friends, I have a code emoji. Like if I'm really going through it, but I don't have the words to express it, to advocate for myself, like if I'm having a bad mental health day or something, like I'll just leave a message for my mom or for my best friend. Or if I'm at a doctor's appointment and I'm trying to advocate for myself, I'll have that list, like that Google Doc written out with the main points I need to get across in that doctor's appointment. And I'll make sure that if I'm if I'm telling somebody like, yeah, I'm doing good when they ask me how I'm doing, that I'm actually doing good. And I'm not just saying that for like the, you know, just like, I don't know, especially in America, like we just have gotten yeah. so used to being like, hi, how are you? Good, I'm good. Yep. But like stopping to listen and also checking in with the people around me so that that same love can be received on my end. It's like a give and take. Yeah. Yeah. And how would you say that in your journey as Miss Kenosha, you've stayed true to yourself? And I know we touched on this a little. Mm-hmm. Earlier, but how would you say that like you've centered yourself and yeah. yourself grounded, if that makes sense? I was going to say like trying to ground myself. It's seriously like a learning experience, like still every day. My my directing team and, and people in my circle will be like, Jenna, like you need to take some time for yourself. Yeah. Like <laughs> you need to take a break. And they'll remind me, which I still I still struggle with because I'm always like, run, run, run. Like, I don't want to ma- waste a minute, especially when there's an expiration date on yep. this year of service. It's like, <laughs> oh, gosh, if I take a, a day, like at the end of my year, am I going to regret that day? Like, what impact could I have made in that day? But I just try to um, journal as much as I can, keep my life documented in a healthy way as much as I can so that I have those memories with me and I can remember the impact that I've made. And also just staying true to myself. I think a big way I do it is just some people call it oversharing, but I'm very candid. (laughs) So if anybody in the community comes up to me and asks me something or recognizes me, I just really try to take a moment, no matter what I'm doing, to like hold that space for them. And I think that that a lot of people in like the title of Miss Kenosha do that, but just really trying to pay attention to even the people that aren't saying something. Like if I see like a little kid looking at me, just taking the time to approach them and and stay true to myself and telling them where I'm at. Like a lot of people be like, Jenna, you're doing so much or you're doing so good. And it's like, no, like actually I had to take like 50 breaks this week. I had nine mental breakdowns. Like I'm not afraid to tell people that I'm messy and disorganized and you can ask my team, like even in the things that I wear, I'm not always doing it conventionally or by the book. So I just, I just try to stay true to myself, even if it's chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> and 
And I think that transparency and that is really important, especially for, you know, the little kids that look up to you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about your biggest challenge that you faced and then how you overcame it or are overcoming it? <laughs> yes. Oh, my biggest challenge. I think my biggest challenge has to be my rare disease because it just affects every single corner of my life. And it is called mast cell activation syndrome. It's an allergic disease. So basically, my body has too many IgE antibodies in my blood. So it thinks that everything is an allergen. And then on top of that, my mast cells, which are in like every tissue of your body, they open up and release histamine and other chemicals that you'd have if you were having an allergic reaction, like whenever they want to. So that was a really big barrier for me when I didn't know that I had that illness yeah. because I was going through like very severe allergic responses and not knowing and not knowing the source. So I think just navigating daily life with those triggers and trying to um, advocate for myself and educate the public because it's such an unknown and misunderstood disease. I sometimes am like, dang, I just really wish that it was a condition people knew about or they heard the name and they were like, oh yeah, I get that because it wouldn't involve explaining yeah. the ways that that affects my daily life. But I think bringing any kind of representation to my disease has been also a very huge goal of mine for my years, Miss Kenosha. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important, especially, you know, having not that condition specifically, but like allergies and stuff like that myself. Yeah. That's really important to spread awareness for that. Yeah. Um, if there were an area of improvement that you could make on yourself, what would you say it is? I would say I need to work on, it's hard because it's like, I'm, I would say that I'm a people pleaser, which isn't always good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, especially growing up, I mean, growing up in theater, you get this. Yeah. It's like, you're always seeking approval. You're looking for a yes. You're making alterations. Looking for that validation. Yes. Yep. And you're essentially trying to fit a mold of what a director or a program is looking for. And and I would tweak things about myself to fit that, what I thought was wanted for me. So I guess growing up, it's like I need to recognize now that my life isn't based on approval. But now in the position of Miss Kenosha, sometimes I get lost in that again. It's like well, now I'm going and prepping for Miss Wisconsin. So now I'm trying to seek approval when I go to Miss Wisconsin. And it's like, I don't want my life to be based on the approval of strangers anymore. So I guess kind of dismantling that mindset has been like my biggest character flaw, I feel yeah. like, but it's it's a process. Yeah. yeah, so how can you tell us a little more about your prep for Miss Wisconsin? Yes, so I think a lot of people don't know just right off the bat that maybe like I did, that Miss Kenosha is a part of the Miss America organization. So whoever wins Miss Kenosha goes with um, a bunch of other wonderful young women from across the state to Miss Wisconsin, and we go there for a week in Oshkosh. So I'll arrive on June 13th, and we will have competition week and finals through the 18th of June. So whoever wins, whoever wins Miss Wisconsin goes to Miss America. So it's kind of crazy to think yeah. about, but... <laughs> Preparing for the different phases of competition, it's it's like preparing for a job, basically. Yeah. And Miss America has kind of shifted into this new um, idea, Miss America 2.0, which is very much based in intelligence, being ready for a job, like being ready to represent a brand and be a networker. So it's really cool because it's not a beauty pageant. It's not a beauty competition. We're not being judged on our looks. We're being judged on if we fit this job position, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So... 
I've been prepping for talent, which I will be singing. So working on my song, working on walk. Um, I have a social impact pitch. So I'll be able to give a 40 second kind of description of soul space to the audience and the judges to kind of sell my point and prove that I can carry that out statewide. Um, just kind of trying to figure out strategy, marketing, everything that I will do for soul space in my year if I were to be Miss Wisconsin, but also just doing that work because that's the work I'm doing for soul space regardless of Miss Wisconsin. So that's really (laughs) awesome that no matter what, that I'm already putting in that work. And then um, interview prep. I'd say interview prep is the most important thing. Staying up to date on current events, being able to answer anything about my resume and soul space, myself, anything happening in the world and yeah. So we just prep, yeah. prep, prep. It's like prepping for a job, but also trying to take that time to look inward and really know why I'm competing, why I want this, why I'm doing soul space in the first place. Yeah, definitely. So kind of bringing it back to the kids, I know in the past couple of months, weeks in your time as Miss Kenosha, you've gone to see, you know, children theater, children's theater academies, performances. You've seen St. Joe's. You've seen High School Musical at the Roadie, which I was in. Yes, you did so good. Thank you. (laughs) Um, What would you say has been one of your takeaways from those experiences and especially just meeting with the kids and teenagers involved with those? Yes. um, it It was so wonderful because I'd always wanted to be able to kind of go back into those spaces that really sculpted me as a child. Like going back to the roadie even to see a performance was so cool because I used to do shows there when I was little. And at CTA, really feeling like Children's Theater Academy set such a foundation for the way that I walk through the world because it's like you have to find your voice. Like you're in a sea of, of other kids and you're making wonderful friends and relationships, but also like gaining so much knowledge. Yeah. Like about communicating at such a young age so to go back there and see all the little ones is just so special and so unique because most of those appearances weren't planned they were kind of like hey Jen like will you come will you come (laughs) see the show and of course the answer is always yes so being able to support the arts in our beautiful community the same organizations that supported me growing up is so wonderful And even seeing some of the kids that I saw at the Boys and Girls Club or at their schools and then them remembering me and being like, oh, like now you're at 101 Dalmatians. I had a letter in my little box I carry around for a girl that I was going to bring back to the school. Mm -hmm. And she was actually in one of the shows. So when I saw her, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have this letter for you. So just having those like intertwined community connections with the youth has been like so fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. And how would you say that? just explaining more on how theater as a child and teenager shaped you and who you are today. Yes. um, I was really always struggling with singing and dancing as a child. (laughs) I was really, really struggling, but I loved music and I loved dancing. And I think it was hard for me at first because I didn't understand why I wasn't deemed necessarily as good at those things because (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things where it's like, I always thought as a kid, like if I'm having fun, then it, then I'm good. And <laughs> that is not always the case. So it was a hard awakening for me as a child because I kind of just jumped into theater. Like I didn't really have, like my mom never signed me up for a play. I just came home one day and was like, mom, I want to audition yeah. for a show. And when did you start theater? I was 10. It was um, Miracle on 34th Street at the Racine Theater oh. Guild. So I was in a sea of these little girls who had resumes like, packed with shows and I came into my jeans and a t-shirt and read for the little girl in Miracle on 34th Street and I got the role which was wonderful and just moving on from that I think 
just the theater in Kenosha, it really helped me find my voice because there are so many wonderful like participants of things like Pack and CTA that come back and mentor the kids. Yeah, and I think looking up to those older kids really, really impacted me. And then being able to be one and yeah. see the impact, I'm sure you can agree. Like yeah. it is so wonderful. Yeah, Cause that's the stage I'm in right now where I see the kids that, you know, used to be like, oh yeah, those are the older kids that I'm looking up to. And now it's like, oh, I, I'm the older yes, kid. Yes, <laughs> like, I'm the older kid. It's crazy. Cause you know, the people like in your mind, like, oh yeah, I saw them in this show. Yeah five years ago or 10 years ago and now you're that person yeah. like filling the the seat as a role model like when you don't even know it until an interaction like that happens like I'm sure you can agree it's like whoa like like I need to mm -hmm. I need to do a good job for these kids like yeah. the ones who came before yeah. me did for me yeah definitely and so would you say that it's been easy or difficult or somewhere in between to just be a role model for those kids and just set that example and how would you say the pressure affects you Oh my goodness. Because um, I'm sure oh. there's pressure that comes with that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, I tell my, I tell my family, I'm like, it's a pressure cooker and it's, it's not anyone's fault. It's mostly people that are proud of you and supporting you oh, yeah. and, and have your best interest in mind. But I even say like, if I go to get coffee, it's like, you don't know if someone's listening to you. You don't know if they know who you are, or recognize you and just aren't saying anything. So it's definitely been different for me. And I think I had to, I had to quickly realize like, I'm not going to tone down who I am. Like if, if somebody sees me in public and hears my conversation, that's wonderful. That's great. And yes, it does put on the pressure because there are young eyes and there are old people too looking up to you. It's like, oh my goodness. But just being able to take the time to set aside that if somebody messages me or reaches out to me or sees me in public and they want to have a moment or talk to me, just to know that I'll always set that time aside for them has really helped me feel like I'm capable of being a role model because at first it was like imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like I, I was crowned the next morning. I was in common grounds in my pajamas, literally trying to write up like what I was going to do. And I was like, mom, I literally, how can I be a role model? Like I'm just Jenna. And she's like, well, buckle up, baby. Like you, can, <laughs> you, you were, you already were, you just didn't recognize it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, growing up in theater and things like that, you don't even realize, like we were just saying, like you already are a role model. So kind of taking a step back and being like, okay, I just need to be myself and just do the dang thing was really helpful for me. Pressure wise, the pressure still does break me sometimes, but it's definitely a balancing act, I guess you could say. Like for example, the other night I was kind of freaking out because I was, I was considering how qualified I was for the job in Miss Wisconsin. And I was considering what have I done to get myself here? Like how accomplished am I like to represent our state? And I was really trying to soak in what qualified being Miss Wisconsin. And I completely shattered to my friends. And I was like, I don't know if I'm qualified for this. And they were like, girl, it's just the pressure of everything. You have to stop overthinking. Yeah. <laughs> and then I read this quote on Pinterest and it was like, stop making up scenarios in your mind that nobody else is making for you. Then I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm literally making my own demise right now mentally by overthinking every single section of what I'm doing. So just having those check-ins with myself and trying to be like Jenna, like you do not need to be perfect to be in this position. Yeah. You do not have to have a master's degree. Mm -hmm. You do not have to, you, you know what I mean? Like you don't have yeah. to be like the cookie cutter picture of what you've always thought that this young woman should be just have to be yourself and it seems cliche but just those small reminders and and taking it a breath at a time 
really, really does help relieve the pressure. And going in the community and meeting the youth and even adults and talking to them, it reminds me why I'm here. It really grounds me. Yeah. And so how would you say that, like, what are your ways that you find to cope with that pressure, whether it's, you know, just self-care, taking time to yourself, ice cream? (laughs) (laughs) Self-care, baby. Yes, self-care. Everyone needs to have time for self-care. And even if that means, if you're like a Google Calendar person, like, put that in the calendar. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow at first because, again, like, the rush of it all. I didn't want to miss out on anything. And with the added layer of my chronic illness, like, if I get to a certain point, me and my mom call it like the bucket tips. Like if I have too many things stack up against me, like I'm not getting enough sleep, I'm not getting enough healthy exercise, I'm not drinking enough water, like whatever the case may be, I'll start to stack up in this imaginary bucket and then eventually it'll tip. So I have to give myself that time and space. And for me, that often looks like watching my comfort movies on Disney Plus (laughs) and um, journaling, doing arts and crafts. I will just go to a random coffee shop and just color in my notebook. And sometimes my self-care is going to soul space and canceling whatever workshop I have scheduled for that week we do workshops at the creative space downtown every week and it'll, it'll be like, all right guys, like we're just talking and coloring today. Like we're not doing any actual workshop. We're just going to like hold space for each other. So I just pivot to whatever my mind and body are telling me as best I can. Definitely. Yeah. Um, before we go here, is there anybody that you'd like to shout out or give a thank you to? Oh my goodness. So many people, so many people, literally anybody who's been in my corner, especially the people who are in my corner at my sickest, because it's not easy to have somebody in your life who's like extremely ill. And I think that it scared a lot of people away out of my life. And the people that stuck it out through that era, thank you. Um, My mom, my dad, my sister, um, my voice teacher, Jeanette, who has literally stood by me since I started Miss Kenosha in 2019. My amazing director, Tori, who is going to have a baby any day now. And she has still been taking care of me, even though she's so pregnant. And Lily Carnes, um, Miss Kenosha 2019, who I competed with my first year. She's been a wonderful mentor and helper throughout this entire process. And my wonderful friends, um, Miss Racine and Miss Green Bay, Hannah Mertens and Maria Venegas. They have been so, so, so helpful and just supportive through the whole Miss Wisconsin process. And... Evan, one of my best friends, Emma, for sharing her story with me and helping me get to my diagnosis. There are so many people I could thank, but thank all of you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing before we go, what would you say or give a a piece of advice to anyone who's struggling with pressure or the need to feel like, you know, I need to live up to this standard? What would you say to someone feeling like that? Yes, I would say give yourself a second and like take out a piece of paper or the notes app on your phone. Like if you feel this way, do it right now. Like I'll literally give you a second to do that right now and write down what are three things you value? What are three things you fear? And what are three opportunities you wish you could have if nothing else was in your way? And then take a second to look at those things. How is your fear coming into contact with those opportunities? How are your values connected to the opportunities that you're seeking? And always go back to those core values and use them to try to eliminate that fear. Because fear and this standard that we set for ourselves in our mind is, is honestly going to be the biggest thief of joy. And if, if you're doing something, if it's a job, if it's school, if it's a hobby, if it's something like theater or something like 
the Miss Wisconsin competition where you know you're going to be looked at very intricately, remember why you're doing it and remember that it should be for fun and it should be because you love it and it should be because you're passionate and you care. And if you're not doing it for those reasons, then take a revision, take a step back yeah. and, and find a way to, to make it for those things again. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank you for being on the podcast, Jenna. Yes. And this is Gianna Fleming with Line for Line Podcast. You calling, are you listening? Tune in every week. Line for Line. Oh, yeah, I'm going Line for Line.